If any man should add on to these things, God should add on to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for just a great morning, dear Lord, a great week. We ask now that you would just give us an open heart, open mind uh, to the lesson you put on Pastor's heart. We ask that you would use him greatly this afternoon, Father, and that you would get all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' precious name we ask, amen. You may be seated. Country music. him singing the uh, couples retreat, amen? <laughs> He's had a lot of experience singing by his wife's window out on the sidewalk as she throws flowers outside, and that's how, that's how to do it, guys. You got to learn how to sing if you want to get married, amen? You say, how'd you do it? Well, that's a long story. There's other ways to skin a cat, right? There's different ways. Yeah, money. <laughs> I pulled up in my 1967 Scout. That's what I did. 
in the, uh, yeah. That's when uh, the scout was in better shape and I was in better shape too. <laughs> All right, me and the scout have gone the same direction. <laughs> we both depreciated and valued greatly over the years. We're both just about rusted out and just about ready to die. All right, anyway. My wife hates when I talk like that. That's why I do it. No, but uh, anyway, uh, years ago, I was just re uh, reading some books uh, this uh, last couple of uh, days and looking at some pictures, um, and I saw a picture of William Tyndale. It was actually a wood carving uh, of William Tyndale being burned at the stake. And uh, these people believed that they had the word of God. They believed with all their heart that God kept his promise to them, and what they held was God's word. They believed it that they were so much that they were willing to seal it uh, with their own blood. And that is the greatest statement of faith you can make in something is to give your life for, for, for it. And so they knew they had God's word. Today, believers don't know if they have it or not. Uh, and this is, a, this is a problem. People today are questioning, do I have God's word? Has God kept his promise? Is God different? You know, God gave them his word, but not us. People today uh, don't know if they have God's word. And as a result, they're definitely not willing to die for it. And sadly, they're not willing to live for it. So it's a whole process when there's doubt cast on God's word. As we've already said, God promised to preserve his word for us. And so the devil can't stop God from doing that. When God opens a door or shuts a door, the devil can't shut it or close it. But what the devil can do is the devil can throw out conflicting authorities to confuse us. And so the Bible is in our generation. We have the Bible, and what the devil can't stop that. And so what the devil has done, he's thrown out conflicting authorities where people are hearing all these different voices God's voice of truth is there, but again, he's mingled it with so many voices that are false and sound good, sound close to it. Uh, I always say there's different things that the devil uses to, to pull different people away from God. And some people, it'll be, you know, drugs or violence or some other criminal activity. Other people, it'll be false doctrine. It'll be, again, something that sounds good, sounds honorable. Uh, religion is a big one. And so he uses different things to pull people away. But we have to remember that God's words are our foundation for everything. God's word is our foundation for salvation. God's word is our foundation for eternal security. I know I'm saved because the Bible tells me so. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm saved, but I know I am because the Bible said it. And so the Bible is the foundation for why we do what we do. Why do we go to church? Why do you pray? I hear people all the time, you know, when they pray, they say, Lord, we know that you're here with us and you promised to be here. Well, that's all comes from God's word that God would uh, bow down his ear and hear us pray. Uh, our faith comes from God's word. As Brother um, Fugit said uh, Monday night, you know, again, we, it's impossible to please God without faith. Well, faith cometh by hearing and hear by the word of God. Without God's word, we wouldn't be able to have faith. Have faith in what? So the, our idea of the home and how to run a home and how to run a church and all these things come from the word of God. When we were on the buses years ago in Chicago, we used to sing the song, What's wrong with the old black book my daddy used to read from? Is it so outdated by modern translation? Revised standard and good news everywhere I look. Won't somebody tell me what's wrong with the old black book? Well, the devil is much too smart to come right out and say, Forget all that you've seen and heard, it's not true anyway. So he's making plans in the years to come to take God from our minds by giving us new Bibles, change just a little bit at a time. What's wrong with the old black book my daddy used to read from? Is it so outdated by modern translation? Revised standard and good news everywhere I look. Won't somebody tell me what's wrong with the old black book? See, the Bible doesn't need to be uh, rewritten. It needs to be reread re by us. We don't need to revise anything. We need to revisit the Bible so that we can be revised. We're the one that needs to be changed, not God's word. Uh, and so, again, we need to get back to believing in the, in the Bible and, and uh, not, uh, again, be confused with this. One of my little, uh, uh, what do you call that when something bugs you? One of my little pet peeves is when somebody says, uh, you know what, all the different religions, you know, Hinduism and Islam and Christianity, we're all just trying to, to get close to the same God. There's only, we're all worshiping the same God. When somebody says that, that really bothers me because anybody that knows even a little bit about it realizes very quickly that you cannot reconcile uh, the God of the Hindus and the God of Islam and the God of the Bible. Uh, again, that person that says that, that we're all serving God somehow, uh, is either really, 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 really ignorant or they're just kidding themselves, or they're just straight out lying. Because you cannot reconcile uh, the God of the, the gods, I should say, of Hinduism, uh, the God of Islam, who does not uh, uh, have a son, and the, uh, the Quran, of course, says that Jesus did not die on the cross, 
and there is no salvation through Jesus Christ. And, of course, the Bible. The Bible tells us God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and Christ was God in flesh. Uh, and so those are irreconcilable. And just for the store, uh, situation tonight, I'm not going to say uh, this one's right or this one's wrong. I'm just going to make a statement. You cannot believe in all of them because they're all different. Okay? You cannot, cannot take the Vedas and the Quran and the Bible, put them together, and say, well, they're all, all God's book. They contradict each other. They're totally different, totally different. You cannot reconcile them. And the same thing is true of the Bible and the different versions we have today. Uh, again, you cannot, 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 it's impossible to recon, uh, reconcile the differences. I'm going to spend some time tonight showing you um, some verses from the NIV, actually. Uh, the, the New International Version is probably the most pushed Bible now. There's over 200 versions. I don't even know how many there are now. Uh, but uh, it is probably the most commonly uh, pushed version in Christian bookstores and, and in, in the contemporary uh, Christian uh, type you know, scenario or in, in churches around. This is the Bible that, or the version I should say, this is what they are saying is the easiest to read. But I want to uh, point out tonight, and I want you to understand this because sometimes you may not realize how different they are. There are significant differences between the New International Version and the King James Bible. They're not reconcilable. You, and you cannot believe in both. And this is my whole point. When an author or a preacher or, or whoever it is and I've seen it done many times. They'll, for example, you'll read a book and they'll have a, a verse from the King James and have a verse from the NIV and have a, a verse from the RSV and have a verse from the ESV and have different verses. That's foolish because you cannot accept all of them. Uh, they are irreconcilable. You cannot put them together. They're incompatible. Uh, they are different. And so you cannot, and this is one of my main statements tonight, you cannot, you cannot, nobody can really honestly say they believe in the King James Bible and the NIV. You have to pick one. Now, the reality is you could say, I believe the NIV is God's word, and I probably, at least you have something that you believe in. But today, everything's so mixed up, again, that people today many times say, well, they're all good. And, you know, I've, and what authors do is they'll pick and choose according to what suits their particular point. You know, you're with me? I mean, they'll grab a, a verse from the L... Uh, what is the living Bible over here, and they'll grab a verse from here and there, and, and they'll use verses from different Bibles to prove their point, but that's just confusing because they're all different. You cannot accept them all. To be copyrightable, which of course the NIV is, uh, to be copyrightable, another so-called Bible must be different enough from the King James to be regarded as a new work, or it must contain substantial new material. Otherwise, you can't get a copyright. Making little changes like spelling or, or a text or a, a, a punctuation, stuff like that, is not going to qualify uh, as a copyright or uh, the, the right to have a copyright on it. When they, when they came up and, and put the NIV together, they had to change a lot of stuff. They actually removed 64,576 words. Uh, and it's a very big difference. That's a, that's, a chunk, uh, that's a chunk of words. If you want to get an idea... It would be like taking your King James Bible, removing Ruth, Esther, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Lamentations, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Malachi, Colossians, First and Second uh, Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, James, First and Second Peter, First John, Second John, Third John, and Jude, and you'd still have more to go. That's how many words sixty-four thousand five hundred and seventy-six words are. So they had to change it considerably to get a copyright. So this here, this a new, uh, new international version, is not the King James Bible. It cannot be. It cannot be. And anybody that says, oh, they're all good, is either an ignoramus or has not studied the subject. We have to look at it. That's what I want to show you tonight. Uh, again, I want to show you that there are very clear differences. The NIV, by the way, uh, is copywritten, and it is owned by HarperCollins Publications, which is a worldly company. They, they put out all, all kinds of garbage. It is not a Christian company. They have no interest in Christianity. The, the leaders are not Christian at all. So this is something that they basically have to make money, and people today are buying this crazy thing because, again, it makes money, and that's why they're printing it. And so, again, this, this is not God's Word. This is something that's a perversion of God's Word. It is something that's designed, I believe, to mislead people. And when we really look at the subject, you'll see what I'm talking about. You cannot say, well, we'll believe in this one and this one and this one. No, 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 you, you have to pick one. You have to pick one. And that makes the most logical sense because they're all different. I could have brought more Bibles here tonight. I'm not even bother with that. But they're all, and some of them are really way out. There's a new one now that's a non-gender Bible. What is that? God is a woman or something? Or God's not a father anymore? I mean, they, they get crazy. I have a couple of them just that, that just about have curse words in it. 
Uh, they're like street language Bibles. They're really, really awful. But this here is something that a lot of people are familiar with. So let's pray together, and then we'll look at some verses um, in the Bible and then in this NIV. Lord, thank you so much again for giving us your words. Help us, Lord, to be able to discern, Lord, the difference, and help us to realize, Lord, that this is not just a, uh, a few words here and there or a few corrections, but, Lord, uh, this is a completely different version designed to take people away from the truth. And, Lord, they basically are uh, printing this today to make money, to uh, promote it amongst Christianity. And, Lord, so many times, Lord, we're guilty of not realizing the danger that uh, uh, tainted uh, uh, Bibles would uh, do to our faith, Lord. How can our faith be uh, completely in you? Lord, how can we live for you the way we should? Lord, we want to be like you. Lord, how can we be like you if we have partially man's words and partially your words together that is leading us? Lord, we just, uh, again, ask that you open our eyes and help us to understand. And uh, please give us wisdom again in this matter. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to do something a little bit weird here. I'm going to sit down here on the front pew, and Brother Bill's going to put up the verses on the NIV on the screen so you could see it up here. All right, I hope that this is going to work out the way I had it planned. And I'm, I'm, very, uh, I'm, I'm very first class tonight. I have a pointer. And I have glasses so I could see what I'm doing here. All right, please turn in your Bible to Genesis 49. Genesis chapter 49. The only problem is I can't read the Bible with my glasses. So I don't know how I'm going to do this here. Okay, Genesis 49. <laughs> I can't see what's up there. <laughs> All right, Genesis chapter 49. Again, my goal here tonight is to show you, I'm not even going to really stop and say this one's wrong for this one or, or this one's right for that reason. I'm just going to show you that you cannot reconcile the NIV and the King James. That's really my goal here. My daughter thinks this is all funny. All right, Genesis chapter 49, verse number 5. You got your Bible? Yeah. I hope you do. hope you have your King James too. Genesis, this, <laughs> this would not be a good time to bring your NIV. Uh, <laughs> Genesis 49, verse number 5. Genesis chapter 49, verse number 5. Genesis chapter 49, verse number 5. Jacob here is dealing with his sons, and he says in verse 5, Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come now that come... Uh, not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Okay, that expression there, to dig down a wall, basically if you, uh, I feel funny not talking to you, but I, basically that expression to dig down a wall is to say somebody starts d uh, digging out something, maybe he's going to put down a foundation or he's digging for treasure or whatever, he builds next to the wall, and what he does is he undermines the wall, and then the wall collapses on him. You'd say, that guy was a fool. He destroyed himself. His actions actually ruined his life. And so Jacob is saying here, in their self-will, they dig down a wall, or if you will, they, they destroy themselves. Now, if we look in uh, Exodus chapter 59 over here, uh, if you look in verse 6, he says, uh, and this is the NIV here, the same verse, let me not enter into their council, let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger, and what? Hamstrung oxen, okay? According to the NIV, uh, these guys hamstrung oxen as they please. So they were mean to oxen. Uh, my point is, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they dig down a wall and uh, they destroy themselves uh, in their self-will. And so we see here that, again, the NIV cannot be reconciled uh, to, 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 to the Bible. Look at Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23, verse number 21. Numbers chapter 23, verse number 21. Again, my, my, my goal here tonight is to point out that they're different. Okay, and if they're different, then you can't say they're both right, because they're not. One has to be right, one has to be wrong, correct? If I say 2 plus 2 is 5, what do you say? What if 2 plus 2 is 3? When somebody else says it's 4, well, it's obvious our answers are different. One has to be right, one has to be wrong. And uh, you can't reconcile them. And so, again, if the, the Bible and the NIV version is different, you cannot say they're both God's words because they're different. They're, they contradict each other in some cases. Okay, Numbers chapter 23, verse 21. Numbers chapter 23, verse 21 here. Uh, Numbers chapter 23, verse number 21. I don't know why this is not the right one. 23, 21. Oh, yeah. Okay, Numbers chapter, Numbers chapter 23, verse 21. Uh, again, here Balaam is trying to uh, curse um, uh, the Hebrews, and in verse 21, he hath not beheld what? 
iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. So again, uh, in the Bible here, it says in verse 1, he hath not beheld iniquity in them. Okay, there's not any sin in them. They have not disobeyed God. When we look at the NIV, uh, we read the verse there. It's verse number uh, 21. Um, right there, it says, no what? And that replaces iniquity. Is, ini is iniquity the same as misfortune? Okay, it's a different word. Misfortune is uh, not them rebelling against God. No misfortune is seen in Jacob. Again, misfortune is different than iniquity. I don't need to tell you that. You know that, but they're different. Uh, so they're not the same. Look in Deuteronomy chapter 33. Deuteronomy chapter 33. Deuteronomy chapter 33, please. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse number 25. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse number 25. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse number 25. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse number 25. You all got it? Uh, and, and starting in verse 24... And of Asher, he said, let Asher be, please, be blessed with children, let him be acceptable to his brethren, let him dip his foot in oil, thy what? Shoes shall be iron and brass, and as thy day, so shall thy strength be. It's a beautiful statement there. Again, his uh, feet are not going to uh, uh, get sore, and his, his shoes are not going to wear out. And so the Bible's speaking about dipping their foot in oil, and, and, and their shoes are going to be uh, um, uh, iron and brass. Now, in the NIV, you have here verse number 25, uh, it, it doesn't even talk about uh, shoes. It says the bolts of your what? Will be iron and bronze. Okay, I'm sorry, but shoes and gates are two totally different things. They cannot be reconciled. You cannot accept both of these. It's just not possible. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13, please. 1 Samuel chapter 13. I want to explain to you, some of you may not understand this issue, why is it that we only use the King James? Well, imagine if I'm up there, and, or Brother Angel's up there reading the, the verse out loud, and he says something about, thy shoe shall be iron and brass, and you say, well, my gate shall be iron. That's not going to work, is it? You're like, what are you talking about? And, I'm preach and I've actually preached a sermon on, the shoe shall be iron and brass, and you'd be sitting there the whole time and say, what, what, when's he going to talk about the gates? Well, <laughs> that's why Christianity is so confused. They don't know if they're talking about shoes or gates. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse number 1. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse number 1. You all got it? Okay, it says, Saul reigned how long? And, uh, and when he had reigned how long? Two years over Israel, Saul chose him 3,000 men of Israel, whereof 2,000 were with Saul in Mishmash and in Mount Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan and Gibeah of Benjamin. And the rest of the people he sent every man to his tent. Okay, so according to the Bible here, uh, Saul reigned here two years, and then, then these events happened. Okay, now when we look in the NIV, in, the, in 1 Samuel chapter 13, we have some amazing information that God didn't even know about. Saul was, according to the NIV, 30 years old. Oh, that's interesting. The Bible doesn't say that. But here's the real interesting one. When he became king and then he reigned over Israel, how long? 42 years. Okay, so according to the NIV here, Saul was 30 years old. I don't know if these guys that wrote the NIV were there or something. Uh, and then they say that he reigned over Israel 40 and two years. Now, the funny thing is this. Turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 in your King James Bible. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verse 21. Acts chapter 13, verse number 21. You all got it? Acts chapter 13, verse 21, the Bible says, and afterward they desired a king. Okay, and this is talking, of course, about the Hebrews. And God gave unto them who? Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of... Okay, so the Bible says that uh, Saul reigned how long? Forty years. Now, the funny part about it is if you look in, the, in Acts chapter 21 of the NIV, they forgot to change it. Uh, in verse 21 of the NIV... It says, then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. So in the NIV, in one place, it says he ruled 40 years. Then back in 1 Samuel, it says he reigned 42 years, and obviously they forgot to change it over here. So they contradicted themselves. <laughs> so I don't know. According to this, he only ruled 40 years, and the Bible says he only ruled 40 years, but the NIV, again, doesn't follow the Bible. So they have information there that's not reconcilable with the King James. Okay, 2 Samuel chapter 21, 2 Samuel chapter 21, 2 Samuel chapter 21, 2 Samuel chapter 21. 
You say, well, what difference does it make? It makes a ton of difference. We're talking about a matter of life and death. As a matter of fact, we're talking about eternity here. Um, you know, it'd be just as foolish as if I say to you, you know, what's the difference if you have an eight-cylinder or a six-cylinder? You say, no, there's a big difference there. Well, this is something important, and it matters that we have every word of God. Otherwise, we're going to be misled. If we're going to be misled in how, Saul, how long Saul reigned, what's to say that there's not mistakes in it when it con- concerns something more important? It's like salvation, which there is, as we'll see. 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 19. 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse number 19. 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse number 19. The Bible says, And there was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines, where who? Elhanan, the son of Jerogim, a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the staff of whose, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Okay, but when then we look at the NIV in 2 Samuel um, 21, 19, over here, according to the, this thing, it says, In another battle with the Philistines at Gob, at Gob, Elhanan, the son of Jer Origen, the Bethlehemite, killed Goliath, the Gittite, who had a spear with a shaft like a weaver's rod. So, okay, is, my point is it's different. We know David killed Goliath anyway, but according to the NIV, this guy came alive again and somehow got killed twice. <laughs> my, my point is not really even who's right or wrong. My point is it's different than the King James. So you can't reconcile these two. Okay, let's look in Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 10. You all got it? Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 10. If you don't got it, hurry up. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 10. The Bible says there, if the iron be blunt, he do, uh, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put uh, to more what? Strength, but wisdom, I'm sorry, but wisdom is the key word, but wisdom is profitable to direct. Wisdom is profitable to direct. In the NIV here, uh, it says here in verse number uh, 10, it says, if the axe is dull and its edge, edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. According here, skill will bring success. Okay, skill is not the same as wisdom. Okay, the Bible says wisdom. Over here it says skill, which is not something necessarily, uh, wisdom is something from God. Here it says skill is, is going to give you success. Okay, my point is they're different. You cannot say that that's the same thing because it's not. Okay, Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, please. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 25. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 25. A familiar story. Uh, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they refused to bow to the king's idol and they were thrown in the fiery furnace. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 25. And you know the story. Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, verse number 25. You all got it? I can't see you, so I'm hoping you're not lying. Daniel chapter 3, verse 25. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. Uh, this is, of course, is Nebuchadnezzar. He says, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Okay, see if you can see the difference here. In verse number 25, he says, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Okay, that's a little bit different than the son of God here. You have plural gods, plural gods here all of a sudden walking around with Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo. I don't think that's who they served. But according to the NIV, they had the son of the gods with them. Hosea chapter 11. Hosea chapter 11, please. Hosea chapter 11. Hosea chapter 11. Hosea chapter 11, verse number 12. Hosea chapter 11, verse number 12. This is probably my go-to verse. Hosea chapter 11, verse number 12. Hosea chapter 11, verse number 12. While you're turning there, you have to understand that uh, because of Solomon, Israel got broken up into the northern kingdom and southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was always more worldly, and they always were more interested in what the world had to offer. They were kind of closer to the Gentile nations, and they, uh, you know, they fell into idolatry much faster. And so it's kind of funny. It was almost like they were two brothers, but there was one worldly one and one more spiritual one. The southern kingdom, 
uh, was called Judah many times, and they had Jerusalem in the middle of it, and they were more worshipful. Now, eventually, they backslid as well and were conquered by the Babylonians, but the northern kingdom was conquered way, way before them by the Assyrians, and so they were the worldly group. The northern kingdom was the worldly group. Judah, the southern kingdom, was a little bit more spiritual, and they kind of clung to God a little bit longer. In Hosea chapter 11, verse number 12, Let's uh, start in verse 11. They shall tremble as a bird out of Egypt and as a dove out of the land of Assyria, and I will place them in their houses, saith the Lord. Ephraim compasseth me about with lies. Ephraim is another name for the northern kingdom. Ephraim compasseth me about with lies and the house of Israel with deceit. So this is the northern kingdom called Ephraim many times. Uh, again, they were lying and deceitful towards God, but, and this is very true historically in the Bible, but Judah yet ruleth with God and is what? Okay, it's very clear with the saints. And when you read the, the, the scriptures, Judah was still ruling and serving God when uh, Ephraim or the northern kingdom, or, uh, and sometimes called Israel as well, was already conquered and gone and, and all messed up. Okay, now look at the NIV here. And, and if you put these two side by side, um, in verse number 12, it says, Ephraim hath surrounded me with lies and the house of Israel with deceit. Okay, that's the northern kingdom, like I said, Israel. And Judah is against God, even against the faithful Holy One. So, I mean, that's diametrically opposite. Over here in the NIV, it says Judah's unruly against God. No, 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 the Bible says Judah was faithful. And Judah was still ruling with God. And Judah was still uh, uh, faithful with the saints. So, again, you can't reconcile those two. You're going to have to pick one or the other there. One's garbage and one is the Word of God. You, know, you, you pick which one you want, but I'm just being honest and being uh, reasonable. You cannot say they're both the Word of God because they're opposite. One says right, one says wrong, one says good, one says uh, bad. So, like I said, either one's good for the garbage and one is, is God's word. They cannot both be. You have to be logical. I, I, that, that one I can't accept that they're both God's word. That's just impossible. Uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 15. Matthew chapter 17, verse 15. Matthew chapter 17, verse 15. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 15. <clears throat> the other problem with me facing this way is I can't see what time it is. I thought I had a lot of time. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 15. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 15. I can't go much longer because I have to give Brother Angel his NIV back. <laughs> he's going to get mad at me if I borrow for another week because he won't be able to study it. Oh, he's got two of them? Okay. <laughs> he's probably got three of them, actually. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 15. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 15. Uh, let's start in verse number 14. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a bus captain. <laughs> and sore vexed, for oftentimes he fall into the fire and often to the water. I've seen a lot of bus captains do that. Uh, they touch the exhaust manifold and, uh, you know, open up the radiator cap. But um, anyway, lunatic is a person that's lost control of their mind. Okay, it's, it's, it's something that, again, they, again they, they're crazy is basically the word that the lunatic is. In the NIV here, in verse number 15, it says, Lord, have mercy on my son. He said he has seizures and is suffering greatly. So a seizure is a physical problem. I, I went to college with several men, good men, godly men that had seizures. They were good men. They weren't allowed to drive, but they were good godly men. My point is a seizure is completely different than a demon-possessed person. And uh, obviously in this text, even in the NIV, this demon is cast out. So this guy wasn't having physical problems here. Uh, this guy was, had lost control of his mind because Satan was possessing him. Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse tw uh, 17, verse 21. You know what? We'll, you don't have to even look it up in your Bible. Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. The problem's going to come up when you look it up, look it up in the NIV. Uh, it's not even there. It's, it's verse 20 jumps to verse 22, so you got a verse completely that they deemed wasn't important. Okay, Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. You're going to run to the same problem. You, you'll find it in your King James Bible, but in the NIV version, in Matthew uh, 18, verse number 11, you'll see your verse 10, but then they'll go from verse 10 to verse 12. Okay, so you have some verses that they decided weren't important. Okay, Matthew chapter 18, verse 22. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 22. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 22. You all got it? 
Matthew chapter 18, verse number 22. Let's start in verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother? Uh, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. Verse 22. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times. But some of you math guys here, you help me out. But until 70 times seven. How much is that? Okay, I'm not too smart, but look here. In the NIV, in verse number 22, uh, you know, then Peter said and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Unto seven times. Jesus answered, and I said, not seven times, but 77 times. I'm not too smart, but 77 is different than 490. And so the NIV <laughs> makes it, you can get mad quicker. You can, uh, but no, my point is it's different. Okay, what I'm saying tonight, I'm not even trying to say who's right and wrong. I'm not even going to study this nonsense in the NIV. My point is it's different. Okay, if you say that you have your NIV and the King James using both, you're an ignoramus. 490 is different than 70. What is it, 70? I can't see that far. 77. Okay, you can't, you can't say they're both right. One's got to be right, one's got to be wrong. Right? Make sense? They, they're different. You cannot, you cannot believe in them both. Okay, Matthew chapter 23, verse 14. Matthew chapter 23, verse 14. You'll find it in your Bible, but in the NIV, again, we have the same problem. We go from verse 13 to verse 15. And there's no Matthew chapter 23, verse 14 there. Then if you look in your Bible to Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, unfortunately in the NIV, they decide to skip that one too. They go from verse 15 all the way to verse 17 again. That's not in the Bible either. I'm sorry, in the, in the NIV either. If you look in your Bible to Mark chapter 9, verse 44, Mark chapter 9, verse number 44, as we'll see probably next week, they like to cut out the word hell a lot. They, they really didn't like hell too much. Uh, hell is one of those things in the NIV that's almost not there anymore. And so in Mark chapter 9, verse 44, they go from verse 43 to verse 45. So they kind of chopped out that verse in the NIV. Mark chapter 9, verse 46, they did the same thing. If you look up there, they jumped over verse 46, never put it in there for some reason. Mark chapter 11, verse number 26. Mark chapter 11, verse 26. Mark chapter 11, verse 26. This one's a little blurry, but uh, over here, it's verse 25. Okay, then verse 26 is missing, and it goes right to verse 27. So that verse is not in the Bible at all. Mark chapter 15, verse 28. Mark chapter 15, verse 28. Obviously, you know where I'm going. NIV, verse 27 is there, verse 29 is there, verse 28 is missing. Okay, Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 44. Luke chapter 4, verse 44. <clears throat> Luke chapter 4, verse number 44. Luke chapter 4, verse number 44. You all got it? Luke chapter 4, verse 44. The Bible says, and he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Okay, Galilee is by the Sea of Galilee. It's up in the northern part of Israel, right around the Sea of Galilee. And so that's where Jesus was. But the NIV over here in verse 14 I'm sorry, in the verse uh, 44, it says that he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Judea is southern Israel. Okay, that's in the southern part. Okay, according to the NIV, it was down in south, southern part of Israel in Judea. And uh, again, different. Luke chapter 17, verse 36. 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 You'll find it in your Bible. It's a reference to when Jesus comes back. Unfortunately, over here, you have verse number 30. Uh, what, what am I looking for? I can't even see. <laughs> when I put my glasses on, I can't see nothing down here. Very frustrating. Uh, but it skips it, I guess, here somewhere. I don't know where. But anyway, it's not there. Trust me. <laughs> I checked Angels NIV. It's not there. Luke chapter 23, verse 17. Luke chapter 23, verse number 17. Luke chapter 23, verse number 17. You can find it in your Bible, but if you look at the NIV, <coughs> oh, this one's messed up too. Luke chapter 23, verse 17. I don't know where it is, but it's not there. NIV, not there at all. John chapter 5, verse 4. John chapter 5, verse number 4. There we go. John chapter 5, verse number 4. All right, so over here we have verse 3. Okay, over here we have verse 5. Where's verse 4? It's not there. That's no good either. Okay, Acts chapter 8, verse 37. Acts chapter 8, verse 37. 
You'll find it in your Bible, Acts chapter 8, verse 37. I love this verse. Let's read it together. This is a good verse. This is a very, very important verse for people that want to get baptized, but you want to stop and say, listen, you need to make sure you're saved first. Otherwise, you're telling everybody publicly you're Christian. You're not. In Acts chapter 8, verse 37, we'll start in verse 36. And as they went on their way, they came onto a certain water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? What doth hinder me to be baptized? In other words, I want to get baptized. And uh, Philip said, verse 37, if, if thou what, with all thine what, thou mayest. Very clear, very important. He says, you can get baptized, but here's the qualifications. You have to believe with all your heart. You have to be sincere. You have to believe that the Messiah was Jesus Christ, and you have to believe that he has come now and died according to the scriptures. Thou mayest. And you know the story here. Philip had been preaching to the Ethiopian man from the book of Isaiah, and he said, listen, you need to be convinced that Jesus Christ fulfilled this prophecy. He came and died for us as a sacrificial lamb. And he so said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I, what, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Beautiful confession. I love it. Okay, unfortunately, the NIV says that's not important. And he says, here, look, why, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. This is a dangerous, dangerous thing. They're leaving verses out here. I take offense to that. Look in Acts chapter 15, verse number 34. Acts chapter 15, verse number 34. Of course, you'll find it in your Bible. But in the NIV, they left that one out again. Verse 33 jumps to verse number 35. Acts chapter 24, verse 7. Acts chapter 24, verse 7. Acts chapter 24, verse number 7. You'll find it in your Bible. And over here, they jump from verse 6 to verse number 8. I'm surprised they didn't try to cover it up or something. Makes it so obvious. They just said, no, that's not good. Right in the middle of the Bible. Acts chapter 28, verse 29. Acts chapter 28, verse number 29. Acts chapter 28, verse number 29. Let me ask you a question. If, if you went to a Ford dealership or some dealership and ordered a car, and then you went back to pick it up and had a bunch of holes in it, would you take it? You'd say, wait a minute, where's my car? You'd say, I want the whole thing. They'd say, well, we just, you know, we didn't like this, we didn't like that. And you say, it looks like Swiss cheese. Why are you taking this and that out? You'd say, you wouldn't accept that. Well, don't accept that in, your, in, in a Bible either. If they cut stuff out of it, they don't have the right to do that. It's not their right to take stuff out. You ought to be upset about it. Luke chapter 28, verse number 29. You'll find it in your Bible, but this thing doesn't even have it. Left it out. Romans chapter 16, verse number 24. Romans chapter 16, verse number 24. <clears throat> if you look up at the screen, you'll find it in your Bible. Don't worry, it's there. But you're going to find it in this one. It goes from verse 23 to verse 25. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now we've got time for one more. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1. <clears throat> okay, the Bible says, Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Okay, so, and if you read the, 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 the text here, it's talking about fornication and so forth. If you look in your Bible back to Genesis chapter 20, Genesis chapter 20, look in your Bible to Genesis chapter 20, I just want to show you the way the, the Bible uses uh, really very beautiful expressions and very, very careful expressions for these kinds of things. Genesis chapter 20, verse number 1. 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 It says there, Genesis chapter 21, I'm sorry, Ge Genesis chapter 20, verse 1. You got it? It says, And Abraham journeyed from thence towards the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said to Sarah his, I'm sorry, and Abraham said of Sarah his wife, she's my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, she's a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she even here, she herself said he is my brother in the integrity of my heart, and, and in innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thine heart. 
For I also withheld thee from what? Sinning against me. Therefore, I suffered thee not to what? Touch her. Okay, if you would have touched her in an immoral way, okay, that would have been a sin. You with me? Okay, but the NIV decides to change the whole thing. and comes up with a whole new doctrine. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, I'm glad this is not true. Now, for the matters for you wrote about, it is good for a man not to marry. What are you talking about? I thought God said it's not good for a man to be alone. Okay, this is a false doctrine here. Praise the Lord. Amen? <laughs> Got a lot of amens on that one. That's good. All right, Galatians chapter 5, last one here. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5, verse number 9. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 9. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 9. Do you see any differences? Okay, there's things missing. There's like things opposite. There's things... Is this a Bible? This is not a Bible. Okay, when we're dealing with things so important, you, 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 don't, you don't want something that's kind of like a Bible. You want a Bible. You know, you know what's nice is if everybody memorizes the same verse and can say it out loud together. What's nice is if, if, if we have a, a reading of the scripture, everybody can read it together. If we sing a song or whatever about scripture, we can use the same uh, verses to sing scripture songs. We, the reason we have a confusion in Christianity today is because we have a confused mess that claim to be God's words, but they're not. Galatians chapter 5, verse 9. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 9. A quick um, review. Uh, Galatia, Gal, Gal, the... The epistle of Galatians was written by Paul because in Galatia, where the church had been started, some people were coming into the church and they were trying to convince the believers that they had to keep the Jewish Old Testament traditions. And so Paul wrote this to say, listen, you don't have to keep these uh, Old Testament uh, legalistic laws. Now as believers, all of that's fulfilled. So these people come in and say, you know, you got to keep the Old Testament Jewish you know, uh, dietary restrictions and so forth. And Paul said, no, no, that was all just symbolic. And, of course, to keep the Jews a separate race so that uh, Jesus Christ could prove where he was from. In Galatians chapter 5, verse number 9, he's, uh, again, con he's very concerned with these uh, believers in Galatia because they're listening to these uh, Jewish people who are unbelievers coming in there saying, listen, you need to be, uh, uh, you know, keeping these laws that the... The, 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 that God gave the Old Testament Jews. Verse number 9, he says, A little leaven leaveneth the whole what? He says, listen, don't deal with these people. Stay away from them. Again, don't let Jehovah's Witnesses in your house. Don't let Mormons in your house. Don't, let them, don't listen to them. Don't bid them Godspeed. Just say, goodbye, I know what you're about. I don't, don't come here. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. Okay, so these are these unbelieving Jews that are trying to convince these believing Jews now that they have to go back to Old Testament uh, legalistic laws. Verse 11, And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. Okay, now again, I want to show you how this is used. Look in Romans chapter 11. He says, listen, I wish they were cut off. In other words, I want you to break fellowship with them, cut them off. Uh, uh, block their number on your cell phone. You know, cut them off. Don't let them talk to you. Don't let them come in your house. Don't, don't be friends with them. Don't, don't go to their church. Cut them off. Break relationship with them. Again, doesn't mean you have to be mean to them or throw rocks at them or something like that, but cut them off. Don't keep letting them influence you. In Galatians, I'm sorry, uh, Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. Did I say that already? Romans chapter 11. Verse, look in verse 20 in your Bible. Romans chapter 11, verse 20. Romans chapter 11, verse 20. Again, to see, understand how this is used. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And here, Paul is speaking about, again, Jews that were not believe, believers in Christ. Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but towards thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise, thou also shalt be what? He says, listen, I'm going to reject you too. I'm not fellowship. You're not going to be part of my family. So again, this is the idea of being cut off. God says, reject them. Don't fellowship with them. Don't be close to them. Separate yourself from these false teachers. You with me? Okay, I don't know where they got this from, but in Galatians chapter 5, verse 12, this is what the NIV says. It says, um, as for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. <laughs> okay, this is what the NIV says. Again, this is not what, that, what that phrase means. 
Okay, that's kind of rude and crude. And uh, Paul's a missionary. He's not going to tell somebody to go do that. Okay, that's inappropriate, but that's what the NIV says. My point is it's not the same. King James Bible is different than NIV. Next week, we'll continue with this, and we'll do this uh, same type of thing. At least you could see it uh, with your own eyes. Uh, but my point is pretty much this. The, the King James Bible and the NIV are not the same. Okay, there's, they're, they're opposites in some ways. They go in different directions. Next week, we'll look at some verses uh, to show you that the, the NIV purposely waters down many of the important doctrines of the Bible. And the reason is because the writers, in many cases, were not believers, and, and many of them were on purpose trying to deaden certain doctrines that they personally disagreed with. It's pretty obvious when you read it. And so next week we'll continue this, and I'm just going to show you verses in the King James Bible and then the, the New International Version, and you'll see how they stayed away from certain doctrines and certainly would not accept certain doctrines that the Bible clearly teaches. All right, thank you for paying attention, Brother Nevis. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, once again for uh, another great uh, Bible study. We thank you, Lord, for the King James Bible, Lord, a complete book, Lord, an inspired book. Lord, a book that's not missing any verses, Lord, that is not miss missing any words. And Lord, that is not corrupted, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the great book, Lord, and Lord, uh, for the people that still want to learn from, from this perfect book, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord, for, uh, for uh, our desire to be, Lord, to uh, continue to use this, uh, this book, Lord, and use it to teach others, and, uh, and Lord, uh, Lord uh, spread, spread the word, Lord, and, and Lord, help us, Lord, to, uh, Lord, as, uh, as, as we come across people with, 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 uh, with, with the wrong books, Lord, uh, help us to have compassion and, 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 and be uh, uh, appropriate as we uh, teach and show them, Lord, help us to remember what we need to show them, how what's missing on, on these Bibles, Lord, uh, and these so-called Bibles, uh, uh, better yet, Lord, uh, we just help uh, help us to use the, what we learn, Lord, uh, to uh, encourage others to uh, stay with the King James Bible and, and Lord, uh, not to uh, look for any other book. Lord, we, you gave us the book we need, Lord. There's nothing missing, Lord, and, and there's nothing that needs to be added in Jesus' name, I pray.